0: And I better not go to sleep. sleep. I'll never be the same. same. In Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Father thank you for the word today. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. But you said. We shall know the truth. And the truth will make us free. So I thank you today father. As we continue this series on church hurt. As we hear truth. The truth will make us free from any hurt we've ever experienced. And Father, it will give us proper perspective for even things that may happen in the future. And so I declare today that every mind is alert and every heart is receptive. And that Father, signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow our lives as a result of what we hear, believe, and activate. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated at home. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching online, uh, I want to give a shout out to Mickey Ward today. She always watches from New York. Uh, shout out to you, Mickey. Thank you for always watching every Sunday. So last week, I started a new series entitled Church Hurt Hotline. Everybody say Church Hurt Hotline. Church hurt Hotline. And the primary focus of the series is for us to learn how to overcome past Church Hurt but also minimize future ones. Last week, I conducted a survey which really surprised me. And what I did, I asked people a question that was attending as well as those who were watching online. And the question was, how many of them had ever been hurt uh, at, in, at any activity or event that related to church? And believe it or not, over 95% of people had experienced church hurt. I even noticed some church hurt from people who watched a rap video and gave negative feedback about it. I could hear their church hurt in their comments just from a rap video. So this is a very serious topic and if you've never been hurt by church... I want to encourage you, don't stop tuning in, don't scroll past the message, don't tune me out in person. Why? Because the same principles that I'm teaching on church hurt can also work in other scenarios where hurt can take place. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take about three or four minutes and I'm going to review. You say, well, Pastor Evan, why do you review? Well, it's just like in school. When you're in school and they're teaching you algebra, they take you step by step, but they, guess what they do? They teach you and they repeat it. Why? Because repetition is one of the ways that we learn. And some of you all may not remember some of the things that I taught on last week. And for us to launch into our new lesson today, I need to help catch everybody up so we can start on the same page. And so last week, we had one point. Everybody say one point. We had one point in our lesson, and the point was how does church hurt happen? And so the way I explain how church church hurt happens is that I showed us how church hurt can be received by people. And so there are two ways in which church hurt can be received. The first way is through transfer. Everybody say transfer. And this is when someone else's church hurt has been transferred to me. And then the second way that church hurt can be received is when something has transpired. And this is when an action or an event has happened and it has directly affected me or you. And so what we did, we looked at John chapter 20, verse 23, because that verse uh, in itself helped us to see how church hurt can happen. And then what happens if we don't get over the church hurt? And so we're going to look at that verse uh, in John 20, 23. Jesus said, whoever sins you remit. They are remitted to them. And whoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now, when we dissected that verse last week, we discovered that the word remit means to forgive. It means to lay aside and it means to put away. Everybody say forgive, Forgive. Lay lay aside and put away. So what Jesus was saying is, he said, whoever sins that you remit, whoever sins you forgive, whoever sins you lay aside, whoever sins you put away, when you do that, it is put away or lay aside or forgiven to them. In other words, now, I no longer hold on to it. But then he says, whoever sins you retain, and that word retain means to hold on to, he says, whoever sins you retain, they are retained or held on by me. So there are many of us walking around weighed down with the sins of other other people and those people have gone their way and they're living their best life. Somebody say amen to that. So we ended the, the lesson last week by reading Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 which gave us a different perspective of the verse. It says, wherefore seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. He says to us, let us lay aside every weight. Well, guess what? We discovered that some of the weight that we may need to lay aside is not even our weight. It's sometimes the weight of other people. He said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Well, guess what? Some of the sin that some of us are carrying has nothing to do with what we did. It has a whole lot to do with what someone done to us. He said, but lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily sets us back. And then he says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so let me just say this. When you're weighed down and you're sinned down, it's very difficult to run the race. But then I love verse 2, which we're going to do in the last lesson that I close with. It gives us the remedy. He says, look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's the goal. The goal in church is to keep our eyes on Jesus. You may follow me, but listen, follow me until I stop following Christ. If I stop following Christ, you stop following me. Paul said, follow me as I what? Follow Christ. But listen, he didn't say, look at me. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Because, see, I'm not demeaning or dismissing any of the foolishness that may have taken place in church. Some This hurt is real. Okay, so I'm not demeaning that at all. However, whatever you focus on is where you're going to go in that direction. So I gave the remedy for church hurt last week when I closed the lesson, which was forgiveness. And through that, we learn, listen, that forgiveness frees us even if the person who hurt us never comes back to make it right with us. I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness frees us. Everybody say forgiveness frees me. Forgiveness frees us even if the person who hurt us never comes to make it right with us. So the first step, because I'm going to be giving you steps on forgiveness, because I believe the average person does not know how to forgive. So here are the steps to forgiveness. The first one is we have to acknowledge that someone or something hurt us. We have to acknowledge that you can't act like it didn't happen. It did happen. Okay, and you've talked to the person about it and they back like, oh, well, you shouldn't have got hurt. You shouldn't have got offended. I didn't mean to do that. It doesn't matter. What you need to do is you listen. You never acknowledge things to people who can't do nothing about it. You go to God. So the first step in forgiveness is acknowledging that something happened. If you're taking notes, here's lesson. uh, Here's lesson number two today. The title is forgiving church hurt. Now, this is going to be a two teaching uh, uh, subject right here. I'm going to do it today and I'm going to do something next week because I couldn't do it all in one week. Forgiving church hurt. And I believe most people who are Christians, how many Christians in the room, how many Christians. how many Christians watching, give me a thumbs up if you're a believer. I believe most Christians know that we're supposed to forgive, although I believe most people don't understand how to do it. And so that's my whole point in the church hurt series. Now, Here's point number, number one in the, in the uh, lesson today, but it's actually, watch this now, it's point number one, but it's actually step number two in forgiveness and how to do that. Here it is. Accept the truth that no one in church is perfect. You want to know how to get over church hurt? First of all, you have to accept the truth that no one in church is perfect, including the pastor. Did y'all hear what I said? No one is perfect. And here's the thing. All of us are flawed and are under spiritual
1: construction.
0: Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says this. For all have what? Sin. How many? All. He said for all have sin. It didn't say for y'all have sin. For all have sin and come short of the glory of God. When you and I accept this powerful truth. Listen church we will adjust our expectations of church and all the people that's in it. I'm going to say that again. See, once you accept the truth that nobody in church is perfect except for the head, which is Jesus Christ, once you accept that it's truth, then guess what? Then you can now properly uh, adjust your expectations of church and all the people that are in it. And here's where it gets bad. This is where it gets damaging. We know in our heads that people are not perfect, but in our hearts we still expect them to be. Oh, I'm going to say, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. We know in our heads that people are not perfect, but in our hearts we expect them to be. And that's why pain from church hurt tends to hurt us more than anything else. Because some of the same things, listen church, some of the same things that happen in church happen at your job. Okay, let's take Justin. Anybody work with a Justin at work? Anybody work with a Justin? Anybody named Justin? Okay, well, I don't know. We'll see. Here it is. Justin at work lied on you. And when he lied on you. You just got mad at him and you probably just, you know, like blocked him on social media and stopped talking to him and stopped going out to lunch with him. Whatever. You got mad at Justin when he lied on you. But when Brother Wayne from church lied
1: on you, it hurt us. We didn't get mad at him. We let it hurt us and we left church or we just stopped going all together. I'm going to stop serving. Why? Watch
0: this now. Our reactions are different. We just got mad at Justin. But now we hurt from Brother Wayne. Why? They both sinned the same sin against us. So here's what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to share with us a scenario in the Bible where somebody got hurt. I'm going to call it church hurt because his hurt was against the head of the church, Jesus. And here's the thing. I believe that Hurt scenarios like this are stemmed. Anytime we have to hurt in church, it stems from misplaced expectation. So here's point number two, which is actually now step number three of forgiveness. We need a revelation to adjust our expectation. We need a revelation to adjust our expectation. Our expectation. Why? Because pain can pervert your perspective. Pain. Everybody say pain. Pain. Can pervert my perspective. So let me set the story up. John the Baptist. You may not know this or have known this. John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. But he didn't know that his cousin was actually the savior of the world until he got ready to baptize him. So here's what I want to do, because I'm going to share with you, with this story, John's perspective about Jesus. And then I'm going to show you that John runs into some pain. And the pain that he had changed his perspective of Jesus. So let's see what his perspective of Jesus before he had some pain, some church hurt. The New Living Translation of John chapter 1 verse 26 says this. John told them, I baptized with water. But right here in the crowd is someone you don't even recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave or untie the straps on his sandals. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing Jesus, the Lamb of God. Verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Notice his perspective of Jesus. He says in verse 30, He is the one I was talking about when I said a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me. Verse 31, listen to his perspective of Jesus. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I've been baptized with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Watch verse 32. Then John testified. Now John is telling everybody his perspective about Jesus. He says, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting on him. I didn't even know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, stop. Who is talking to John right now? God. He says about God, God told me the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will be baptizing with the Holy Spirit. He says, I saw this happen to Jesus. Listen to the testimony. I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Amen. Church, stay with me. Touch your neighbor and say, if you go to sleep, I'm going to slap you. Go ahead and Amen. tell them. <laughs> Listen to what's happening. John gets a revelation from God. Because remember, now my point is, we need to get a revelation so that we can adjust our perspective or expectation of church, of church hurt. John gets a revelation from God that Jesus is the chosen one. Now we're about to read the story. John runs into some pain. Let's see now what happens because now he experiences some pain and this pain is going to pervert his perspective of Jesus. And that's why I'm trying to get you to get over some church hurt because if you don't get over it, your perspective is still going to stay wrong and you can never receive from what you, watch this now, from what hurts you. Watch this. The New Living Translation of Matthew chapter 11 verse 1 says this. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples... He went out to teach and preach in the towns throughout region. John the Baptist, who was where, church? Come on, church. Where was he, church? He was in prison. Don't know how he got there. I do know what happened. But the bottom line, John the Baptist was in prison. How many have been to prison? Let me see your hand. No, don't raise. It's all right. John the Baptist was in prison. You free now. It's okay. John the Baptist, who was in prison... Watch this. He heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. John had some connections to the streets. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, well, how did he connect his disciples? People be wondering, how they be getting cell phones and drugs in prison? Here we go right here. Here's a good example. Listen to what he told his disciples to go ask Jesus.
1: Are you the Messiah? We've been expecting Or should we keep looking for somebody else? Are you kidding me, John? John, you told us that God gave you a revelation that Jesus was the chosen one. What has stopped you from believing that? Pain.
0: So watch this. Jesus told them, after the disciples asked him that, Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard What you have seen, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor and tell him God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. I like the King James version of that. This is what the King James version of verse six says. Blessed is he. Whosoever shall not be offended in me. And when you and I get offended, when people sin against us in our minds, I like the way the New Living Translation says, he says, blessed are those who don't turn away from me. When you're, when you are offended, it will turn you away from whatever you feel offended you. John allowed pain to pervert his perspective of who Jesus was. And this is why we must get a revelation. To adjust our expectation of church hurt because pain will pervert our mindsets and our heart attitudes toward church and even God sometimes. There are some people that are not coming to church. Somebody's watching me right now. And some people are not coming to church no more. Not this church. I'm talking about church in general. It's because they are offended by God. Because maybe God didn't, I'm helping somebody right now. Maybe God didn't do it the way you ask him. Maybe he didn't do it when you wanted him to. Maybe he didn't do it at all. And so if you don't watch it, you will get offended by that. In fact, I got offended. Everybody say years ago. Years ago. Here it is. I think we were about eight or nine years old as a church. we setting up and breaking down every single Sunday. Think about this. That's four times a, a month. Four times 12 and then 12 times 8. That's how many times we have been setting up and breaking down. And uh, I saw this building. It was an empty grocery store. And I was like, that's the perfect location for us to just stop setting up and breaking down so we can grow and then we can build this building right here. So I go to this grocery store and I take Pastor Che with me. I take our builder at the time with me. And we look inside this empty grocery store and it was actually bigger than our church right now in terms of square foot. And I was like, ooh, I got excited. So I got home and I began to pray. Because I don't do like a lot of people. A lot of us, we pursue without praying. When the Bible says, in all of your ways acknowledge him. So I went to the Lord. I was like, Lord, what are we going to do with that building? He said, we're not going to do nothing. He said, it's not yours. Leave it alone. I got mad at the Lord. Well, whose building is it? I mean, if you said it's not mine, who's it? And I got mad at God. And so I started talking to him. I said, Lord, so so, Lord, uh, do you realize, like he don't know. I said, do you realize how many times and how long we've been setting up and breaking down? It's been eight years, Lord. And the Lord said, well, Evan, the children of Israel set up and broke down for 40 years. You want to go another, you want to go 40? I've got to back up off the Lord on that. So then I was like, oh. So I had to let the building go. But I was still mad at the Lord. How many have been mad at the Lord? Let me see your hand. Yeah. All right, all right. I was mad at the Lord. And so I was like, I mean, I was broiling on the inside. I mean, I was, I was hot. I mean, I was steaming like broccoli. I was not happy with the Lord. And I la- it lasted about two weeks. And finally, I was like, the Lord, you know, he was like, he knew I was mad at him. He knew. So he came to me one day, he said, Evan, what was the promise that I gave you about your building? Well, the promise, they're going to put it on the, on the screen. The promise was 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. This is the promise that God had made me with his word. And let me just say this. If you want to start something in your life, if you want to start a business, if you want to get married, whatever your thing that you want to do, don't start with the thing, start with the word. In the beginning was the and the word was with God and the word. If I start with the word, I'm starting with God. So watch this. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse 10. This was God's promise regarding our building project. He says, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people, Israel. And I personalized that. You got to make the word your word. So this is how I said it. Moreover, the Lord will appoint a place for Worders through Family Church. And he's going to plant us. That we may dwell in a place of our own and we move no more. I'm like, that's a promise for me. He said, so when I repeated that promise, he asked me the question. He was like, Evan, so if you bought that building, would you have to move from it? I said, well, yeah, we would have to move. He said, why? I said, well, because there's no land. Couldn't do nothing else with it. He said, that's why it's not yours. And I got the revelation. Wow. I can let go of this pain because I got proper perspective right now. And here's something that I did that I believe everybody will do. The pain of my present at the time, the pain of my present was perverting my
1: perspective for my future. And this is why I'm trying to get you to let go of hurt. Because if you don't let it go, it is going to pervert your perspective of your future. And God is trying to do something bigger than where you are right there, church. Your future is way bigger than your past. You say, well, Pastor, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know who left me. You don't know who abandoned me. I don't care. What I do know about God is that he will work things together for your good. And here's the thing. If he had to work something for good, that means something bad happened. If something bad happened before bad was there, it was good. But now since bad happened, he got to work it together for good. And the good he's got to work it out for has to be better than the previous good because God just gets gooder. His good don't go down, it goes up. So I don't care who left you, start thanking him because whoever's coming is better. The car is better. The house is better. The person is better. The job is better. Y'all ain't hear me, church. Stop looking back and look up. Say amen to that.
0: At the end of the day, John's perspective of Jesus changed because of his pain. But here's what I love about Jesus and I'm closing right now. Jesus did not let John's offense of him change his perspective of John. See, sometimes when people tell us what we did wrong, we get offended. But the Bible says if your brother offends you, go to them. Alone is what it says. We don't do that. We get on Facebook first. So what y'all do when somebody do that? Why are you doing that? Why No, go to the person. Jesus did not let John's offense toward him change his perspective of John. Let me say it like this. Jesus did not receive John's sins to be transferred to him. And if you go and read it, this is Matthew chapter 11, verse 7. I won't read all of it. He talks about John and says in verse 11, I tell you the truth of all who have ever lived. There is none greater than John the Baptist. Jesus maintained his proper perspective of John. Why? Because Jesus knows how to adjust his expectations towards people. And if we're going to get over church hurt, we're going to have to adjust our expectations regarding church hurt so that we can put hurt in perspective. See, I have some friends of mine who during the pandemic... You know, because it was a whole lot that went on during the pandemic. I mean, I call it the revealer of hearts because it revealed hearts of people who were racist and prejudiced and p- church people who 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 took their political persuasion above the word. All that foolishness. It, it, it revealed hearts and relationships. It just did a lot of revealing. Right. Well, their church did some things that they were not pleased with and it hurt them although they are still giving their tithe and offering at that church right now, they're too hurt to go back. And I said that something to them that I want to say to you. This is what I said to them. Sometimes our expectation is the thing that produces disappointment, not the place or the person itself. I'm going to say that again. It's sometimes... Our expectation is the thing that produces the disappointment. In other words, we had our expectation of church so high that when something happened that shouldn't
1: have happened, it derails our faith. But nothing should happen so much that you derail your faith. Why? Because see, what has happened, we we have misled our thinking to believe that church is God. Church is not God. Church is the vehicle that God uses. And because the church involves inequity in insecure people and listen people that are just flawed
0: God uses flawed people to bring his will to pass the church ain't God but he
1: uses it to, to get his will done and you can't put the two together like that <clears throat> so
0: guess what here's what we're going to have to do we're going to have to give grace to what took place That's what we're going to have to do. I don't know what happened to you. And at this point, it doesn't matter because it all is in the category of sin. But you know, my question to you is, do you want to carry these sins of someone else around with you for the rest of your life? Because I promise you, You carry these long enough and they're going to get heavy. And you will never be free. So guess what? We're going to have to do to people, listen, what God does to us. We're going to have to give grace to the place. Why? Because he gives us grace every day. Every moment in some cases. The Bible says, do we sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. He says, well, listen, where grace, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. He said, there's not a sin that your gra- my grace can't cover in your life. Oh, 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 so we want it from God, but we don't want to pass it on. See, some of y'all need to pass some grace along. Because what you don't know is, oh, thank you, Lord. Listen, I didn't say this in the first service. So what you don't know is if you're holding on to this from other people, when you grace them, you let it go. But if you carry it, watch this, God can't put it in your hand what he has in his hands because your hands are full
1: nobody sees holding me up from being blessed are you kidding
0: me the devil is a lie you better you better peace out susie peace so guess what we're gonna have to do i'm closing right here we're gonna have to grace it grace the place the church and the people in the church grace it so with every head bowed and every eye closed Holy Spirit, only you can do spiritual surgery on the inside of us so that we can give grace for the place and to the people. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, there are some people watching me today and there are some people in this room that it wasn't church hurt but they have been hurt through relationships. They've been hurt on the job. They've been hurt by their children. I'm, I, there's someone either watching me or in this room. And your children have hurt you so bad. They don't even know how bad they have hurt you. But they have hurt you so bad. And, and here's the Lord telling me to tell you. One of the reasons the hurt from your children and what they've done has hurt you so bad. Is because you had over your expectations were too high and because your expectations were too high they made decisions you wouldn't have made they gone in directions you would you did not train them you had an over expectation of them and because it was so high when they didn't do it it hurt so bad but i hear the lord telling me to tell you let it go today let me have them. He says, as long as they're in your hands, you can they can't be in my hands. He says, if you'll put them in my hands, I can deal with them. But if they stay in your hands, only you can deal with them. Father, I thank you that the word has fallen on good ground. And I declare today, Father, that weights and sins have been dropped. And I thank you for giving us the grace so that we can grace others in the church. In Jesus' mighty name. Whatever every head still bowed. Even at home, I want you to bow your heads right there, wherever you're watching from.